This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. I want you to get mad. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I'm mad as hell! I'm not going to take it anymore! I'm mad as hell! I'm not going to take it anymore! Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Hello, friends. Yeah, plenty of reason to get mad. 2013, I think, is going to be an angry year on many fronts. Got to be honest, I think it's going to be a rough one. So batten down the hatches and uh, lock this program uh, in. Program this uh, this radio show onto your uh, your little AM FM receiver because I think it might come in handy in the uh, the weeks and the months ahead. Just online trying to order my trillion dollar platinum coin from the Franklin Mint and I don't I just can't seem to find it. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that a little bit later. Uh, listen, what do you think of tw- uh, 2013 is going to be like? What do you think is in store? Or what do you want to know about 2013? Because, special treat for you tonight, In just a few moments, in about 25 minutes actually, Canada's sleeping prophet, remote viewer, intuitive, clairvoyant, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell will be with us. And, well, I should say he'll sort of be with us. He's going to be uh, in a deep meditative trance actually on the phone from uh, his headquarters down in uh, Hamilton, Hamilton Beach. But his son is going to join us in just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to invite you to call into the program. First of all, Douglas James Cottrell Jr. will sort of walk us through what's going to happen. He's going to uh, be standing right beside his father, who, as I say, will be in a deep meditative trance and will remote view, or at least his soul mind uh, will sort of divine the answers to some of the big questions surrounding 2013. That's where you come in. You can call into the program right about now, until the bottom of the hour. And let me know, and let Douglas Jr. know, what you'd like the sleeping prophet to find out for you. Not you personally. Let's, let's keep it, sort of, let's look at the, uh, let's focus on the big picture. For example, just some ideas. You know, where is the price of gold headed? Where is the, uh, um, what's the situation uh, going to be like in Iran, the Middle East? Will there be war with Iran? We've been hearing a lot about food shortages. Is that going to happen in 2013? The U.S. narrowly avoided 
falling over the fiscal cliff, but really all they did was they kicked the can down the road and they've got other issues to deal with in the coming weeks and months. Is there going to be another recession, a deep, deep recession in the United States? Earth changes. What's in store on that front? More earthquakes? What about the Euro debt crisis? The stock market? Energy? The environment? Once again, Douglas James Cottrell, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, will be in a deep meditative trance. You know, there are only a handful of people who have who've been able to do this. And one of them, of course, was the great Edgar Cayce, Ross Peterson, another, Paul Solomon, Andrew Jackson Davis, and our guest coming up at the bottom of the hour, Douglas James Cottrell. Uh, but in the meantime, his son, Douglas Cottrell Jr., joins us on the line. Hello, Douglas. How are you? Hello, Richard. I'm good. How are you? you know, wow, you sound just like your dad. I've told you that before. But uh, uh, Now, listen, how, so where is your dad right now? Is he in a trance? Is he close by? What's going on? Um, okay, I'll sort of set the picture. Um, I'm in his office right now, and uh, I'm sitting uh, on a... Um, uh, love seat, and uh, across from me we have uh, a recliner chair, like a lazy boy type of chair. Um, when we do these uh, deep trance meditation sessions, uh, Douglas will be at his recliner chair, and I sit across from him so that I can uh, talk to him directly. Or and uh, when we have a client in, and he's doing such a uh, a session for a client, this is where that person sits. So when people call in, sorry, when people call in with their question, uh, and and you and I can sort of. You know, we won't be able to probably get all of these um, asked, but um, what what sort of parameters are we looking for? How do you like the question to be phrased? Um, I generally recommend to anybody uh, who approaches this sort of uh, way of gaining information to phrase their questions very literally. Uh, I sort of liken it to when you are searching for something on Google, for instance, um, that uh, you want to be as specific as possible to have uh, the, more, the most specific answer. So uh, any of those topics that you uh, were suggesting earlier, if you could pinpoint it to a location or a time frame, or um, let's, let's, you know, uh, you brought up uh, talking about the, the price of gold, if you could say right now it's at such and such a price, and what do you foresee uh, in this time frame as a high or a low, that will give him more of a sense of direction as to uh, how to how to address your issue directly, as opposed to a very general, broad question, which uh, may get a very broad answer back. So, uh, for example, and let me go back to the gold uh, the gold uh, price. Yep. Or, or if I were to say gold currently is trading at around this is spot the spot gold price at around sixteen sixty roughly an ounce. Where do you see the price of gold heading in the next fiscal quarter? Let's say the first three months of 2013. Would yep. that be uh, the, the, uh, precise yep. enough? Yep, that's, that's a very access, uh, acceptable question. You've given it uh, uh, a time frame within which to project into the future among all the myriad of possibilities that exist right now. And then also you've given it a frame of reference from where it is now. So, yep, that's good. Is your dad taking his 
place in his ch- in his chair. I've seen that chair. It's a famous chair. Yeah, the famous reclining leather uh, brown chair. No, at the moment he's actually uh, sitting at his desk, uh, listening in on the program. All right. Is this hard on him? I mean, your, your dad is he's in pretty good shape. I, but he, I know happen to know that he's you know he's up in his sixties. Is this hard on him to do this? Um, I do think it's very taxing. Um, as you can imagine, when you're suppressing your metabolism willfully. Uh, by doing this, it uh, it's hard to bounce back, I guess. But um, uh, someone actually once uh, likened him to being like an athlete. You know, he he's very good at what he does, and uh, uh, there's a certain tenacity, a certain type of personality that goes with uh, being able to do it well and being able to to do it consistently. So, you know, it's a yes and no answer. Uh, yes, it is not easy to do. Uh, but if you are uh, the right type of person, uh, you do well at it. Douglas James Cottrell uh, is, uh, as I say, going to join us shortly, best known as a trans clairvoyant, and he's a spiritual healer, teacher, published author, holds a doctorate in therapeutic counseling, and uh, demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, including telepathy, telekinesis, remote viewing, prediction, prophecies, one of a select few uh, able to demonstrate all of these abilities, and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. And Dr. Douglas's deep trance meditation style is often compared to that of Edgar Cayce, one of the most documented medical intuitives of the 20th century. And uh, he's been variously called a mystic, a seer, the man with X-ray eyes, and the last of the sleeping prophets. Uh, Douglas Jr. Uh, is on, us, on the line with us as well. And uh, why don't we, let me see, how much time to a break do we have, Tim? About a minute? Uh, we, oh, we've got a few minutes here. Let's, uh, let's go to Hamilton, first of all, and uh, welcome uh, Tara to The Conspiracy Show. Good evening, Tara. How are you? Good evening. All right. And thank you... you for taking my call. Can oh. I now ask the question? Yes, we're looking for something. Uh, give us as, you know, as specific a question as you can. And again, not uh, you know, about personal finances or, or health. We're looking for something that you know, we would all have a vested interest in, of course, for 2013. Well, I hope my question, it's important to me, so I hope it um, would be important to many, many people. The question is, <clears throat> in 2013, will chemtrails continue to be sprayed into our skies, uh, do they cause disease, these chemtrails? And if so, is there a vitamin, homeopathic, or herbal remedy that one can take to protect oneself? That's an excellent question, Tara. Douglas, what do you think? I mean, have we framed that? Is that, there enough detail there? Um, what I would suggest, uh, this is what I would call a multi-part question. Yes. Um, Where? These kind of questions are really not the best way to ask a question. Um, when, uh, when we have people that uh, submit questions for a personal reading, I tell them one question at a time. Uh, because what happens is if you say, uh, can you ask this and then this and then this and what if this and what about that, what ends up happening is that he will address the last question you asked. Okay, it, it, if it, I reword it, do chemtrails cause disease in the human body? Um, that's a fair enough question. Um, I would uh, really like the an. I, I guess I'm looking for if you can think of a way an antidote. Uh, uh, Why don't we do it this way, Tara? If you'll if you'll allow me. Why don't we assume for a moment that there is some chemtrail spray going on, spraying going on, and why don't we ask Douglas specifically? Uh, wonderful. Whether um, you know what he would 
suggest uh, we do to combat the negative effects of chemtrail, uh, you know, spraying in the air? The, the, yes, that's perfect. That's what I wanted to to go for. Is okay. Uh, let's try that, Douglas. Then we'll, okay. we'll, we we can ask him. Uh, let's put that one in the hopper anyway. Okay. And um, I guess we're going to move into a break here shortly. Let me just remind people. Phone lines available to you now if you'd like to get in. We're looking for a question, again, that has sort of gravitas and, and, and has an impact on all of us. Uh, what, what do you want Douglas James Cottrell Jr., the great, or Douglas Cottrell Sr., rather, the great sleeping prophet, to a remote view um, in a deep trance meditative state concerning 2013? What's your question about 2013? And let's be specific as possible. And uh, he'll join us at the bottom of the hour. His son, Douglas Cottrell Jr., with us right now. And um, let's, I guess, we'll work in Tara in Hamilton here. Uh, sorry, Darlene in Hamilton very quickly. Hello, Darlene, your question. Hi. Um, first question, natural disasters in June. And second question is major event in August, September. Well, you, let's be specific now. Are you, what kind of a natural disaster and what specific area are you looking for? Uh, anywhere. Like, like a global the, um, cataclysm, a, a cataclysmic well, a event? Tsunami, an earthquake. Usually there's earthquakes. Okay, and Maybe June. In June. In June. Is there any region natural of the globe? Natural disaster in June. And then any major event in uh, September, be late August, September. All right. Uh, Douglas, you and I can sort of hash that one when we come back and maybe help um, sort of narrow that down a little bit. Darlene in Hamilton, thank you for that. Back with more of your calls and Douglas Cottrell Jr., just ahead of Douglas Cottrell Sr., Canada's great sleeping prophet. Here in The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Taking your questions for 2013, remote viewer, intuitive, clairvoyant, Douglas James Cottrell, uh, will join us in a deep meditative trance in uh, just about 12 minutes. His son, Douglas Cottrell Jr., joins us on the line, helping uh, you and I frame some questions regarding 2013. And Douglas uh, and his father are uh, situated at the uh, Mini Mansion Spiritual Center in uh, Hamilton Beach here in Ontario. Douglas is getting ready to uh, take his uh, position in, in a very famous uh, reclining leather chair where he will be placed in a deep meditative trance and we will then hear his soul mind is that correct douglas your father's soul mind will be will be addressing these questions yeah the way uh i would liken it to it's uh it's uh, his soul mind which is in connection with that of uh the uh the, the questioner which in this case would be me and uh, any other minds that are interested in participating in the conversation. So uh, you'll notice that 
He talks in the uh, first person plural. Will he have any recollection of what happens tonight when he when he let's say at twelve o'clock when he um, basically gets out of this deep trance meditative state? Will he remember what happened? No, he will remember nothing. Uh, when he when when an interesting phenomenon of this is uh, uh, when he does these sessions for a clientele. You know, they'll they'll come in, they'll talk to me, and I'll go over their questions, sort of like what I'm doing right now. And then uh, we'll go into the room, Douglas will come in, he'll say hello, there might be some chit-chat, he'll uh, do the deep trance meditation session, which will go on for half an hour, 45 minutes, or an hour. And then when he comes back out of it, to him, no time has passed, and he'll be able to pick up the conversation that he was having, you know, an hour ago, as as if it was just a moment. Remarkable, remarkable. Um, we, earlier, we had Darlene in Hamilton, Ontario, who was asking uh, about a natural disaster in June. Now, do we need to, to identify, do we, should we say, will there be a tsunami or will there be an earthquake? Or can we just say, will there be some sort of natural cataclysmic event in June of this year? Yeah, I was thinking about that during the break. Um, maybe we might want to localize it to, uh, to Canada or North America or, or something. Uh, if we leave it wide open, we could be on the, the, that question for a long time. All right, why don't we do North America, because that's where our listening audience is. And, of course, we had what some uh, were saying was kind of a trial run uh, a little bit earlier, or later last year, actually, out in uh, off the, the West Coast, and we had some earthquakes in California. And then we had a, you know, what, what could have developed into a tsunami uh, off the, uh, the West Coast of Canada. There was an earthquake uh, off of Vancouver Island, thankfully, you know, there were no, uh, there was no property damage, no injuries, but uh, some were saying there's more of that in store. So maybe we can ask whether there will be some sort of a natural cataclysmic uh, event or a disaster in North America, uh, whether that's an earthquake or a, a hurricane in June of, uh, of this year. Okay. All right, Darlene, thank you for that. And we'll free up that line, uh, Tim. And let's say hello to Christine here in Toronto. Christine, hello. welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was wondering about Syria, if uh, that uh, dictator will be ousted. They, whether the dictator will be... You know, they actually have democratically held elections in Syria. <laughs> I've never seen such incredibly biased reporting uh, as, you know, what's going on in Syria. Just a quick aside, I was watching our national newscaster. They were, they were talking about some photo exhibit that was happening here in Toronto, and these photos supposedly coming out of war-torn Syria and how difficult and, and dangerous it was to take these pictures and then get them out of the country. And I was talking to my, uh, my TV partner, who has m- lots of family in Syria, and he and I were laughing about it. He says, I can pick up the phone now and call family. There's, you know, that's simply not the situation in Syria. However, there is this um, you know, horrible situation there. It's developed into a, into a civil war. I happen to think it was entirely orchestrated you know, from the outside, uh, outs, you know, insurgents from outside. However, the question stands, I guess, what is going to happen to uh, Bashir al-Assad in yeah. Syria? Will he, will he be forced out? Will he be... Will he stay? Or... Yeah, that's, that's a good question, uh, Christine. Douglas, um, c- can you help us frame that? Yeah, uh, I think the, the way you phrase that is, uh, is perfectly fine. I'm just going to uh, uh, hop on my computer while I have the opportunity to make sure I get his, uh, the spelling of that correctly. So I can pronounce it for the question. Yeah, Bashir al-Assad. I believe it's B-A-S-H-I-R and then Al-A-L and then Assad, A-S-S-A-D, if I'm, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, yeah, obviously Syria top of mind. Another one would be, of course, uh, Iran. Let me just throw another one of my own on the, on the hopper, and that is, um, is are we likely to see boots on the ground in Iran, uh, whether we're talking about Israeli forces or, or NATO forces, boots on the ground in Iran anytime within the next year and a half, two years? Is that, how, how does that one sound? Um, so the only, the only um, thing I would caution about is using a phrase like that. Okay. Boots on the ground, right? All right. Um, again, uh, you know, I'm suggesting... One needs to be literal when they write their question because that's the way it's interpreted. Will there be war with Iran yeah. in the, within the next two years? Okay. I got that written down. Okay. Uh, let's say hello to David, who's checking in from Florida. David, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good to have you aboard. Hey, thanks for having me on there. My pleasure. Your question for remote viewer Douglas Cottrell, Jr., or Sr., sorry. Yes, I have a similar question. Uh, basically, if if he can if he sees a tsunami waves hitting Florida this year, a tsunami hitting Florida anytime in 2013. Where, what what part of the state are you in, David? Are you uh, in the Gulf or the? I'm on the Atlantic side, probably okay. about 30 miles in from Daytona. 30 miles in from Daytona. Okay. All right. So, uh, Douglas, you add that one to the hopper, um, yep. a tsunami in Florida. And we, we can narrow these down. Uh, I mean, we, we, I don't expect that we'll get through all of these, but uh, we'll do the best that we can. Or I'll yeah, say you'll do can, the best. One can imagine that we can get through, you know, three or four questions in half an hour, depending, maybe even up to five. It, it, again, it depends on the, the breadth and scope of the answers for these questions. All right. Well, you know, uh, because we... We, we've got sort of two similar questions. We had, you know, whether there was going to be some sort of a natural cataclysmic event in, in North America um, in June. Maybe we can just, we can, we can ask whether there will be a, a major cataclysmic event in North America in 2013, and that will, you know, encompass uh, David's question from Florida as well. Okay. All right, Diane is in Aurora, Ontario. Diane, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Diane, are you there? Hello. Hi, Diane. Go ahead. Your question. No, it's Anne from Aurora. Anne from My Aurora. My question is, um, hold on a sec. Will fluoride be removed from Toronto's water, and if so, when? The fluoride in the water in the municipal water supply. Yeah, I, okay. I'm wondering when they will remove fluoride from Toronto's water. All right, that's a good question. A lot Thank of people you. concerned about that. Uh, D Douglas, uh, how, how do you think we should frame that one? Yep, uh, I think uh, I think that was pretty good. Uh, uh, the question is, will fluoride be removed from the municipal water supply in Toronto? Uh, do we need to give that a time in, frame? In, uh, in 2013. All right. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I don't even think it's on the radar here in terms of the uh, municipal government so uh, or the, the city council. However, you never know. Doug is in Indiana. Hello, Doug. Doug, checking in from the Hoosier State. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Appreciate you calling in. Your question for our sleeping prophet, Douglas Cottrell Sr. Okay, my question is, uh, with the last several decades, with all these numerous sightings of uh, uh, advanced uh, UFO sightings and stuff, are these... Are these... Uh, uh, Aliens, what is their purpose for overseeing 
military bases? Are they looking to conquer the human race? Are they wanting to protect the human race? Uh, what is, uh, can he see what the future for all these extraterrestrial sightings are? I mean, what, what do they want is more or less what I'm trying to get. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge question. And, I, you know, a UFO disclosure remains a huge issue. In fact, uh, Stephen Bassett, who uh, has been a frequent guest on the program, I know is preparing uh, a presentation before some a, a committee of former members of Congress, and, he, and, and included will, will be Canada's former Deputy Prime Minister, Paul Hellyer, of course, has been quite outspoken on the UFO issue. And uh, I'll have some more details about that, an event coming up here in Toronto shortly. But uh, how do we... How do we frame that one, uh, Douglas? Yeah, I'm thinking that's, a, as you said, that's a pretty big question. Um, I think we could try to get to it if there's time, um, perhaps framing it something, you know, that there have been numerous reports of uh, UFO sightings uh, of recently. Um, if Douglas could uh, uh, comment on uh, what the purpose has been of, of these, or if we wanted to make it more more, more specific to 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, apropos of, of Stephen Bassett's initiative, uh, maybe we can ask whether in 2013 there will be any sort of official government recognition of the ET presence here on Earth. Okay. Does that work? Yep. All right. Now, uh, now again, uh, which government are we going to... Uh, How about, let's say, well, the, I guess in this case, it's really one of the only ones that matter, unfortunately, and that's that's the United States government, because they're the ones, really, that are going to be, you know, leading leading the charge, I guess. So, let's say, will the United States government uh, be forthcoming in 2013 with uh, any sort of formal recognition of of ETs and UFOs? Okay. All right. Let me just, uh, Doug. Does that sound? Is that uh, suitable? If we frame it that way? Yeah, that's fine. Excellent. Hey, great from here. Great hearing from Indiana. Thank you. I hope you'll call again. All right, Douglas. I think um, I think we've got a good sample there. We've got chemtrails. We've got fluoride. We've got a natural disaster in uh, in North America. Uh, we've got uh, sort of wither Syria or uh, Bashir al-Assad. Uh, we've got uh, war with Iran. We've got uh, precious metals. Um, am I missing any? Um, and then we've got the uh, UFO. The UFO issue. issue. All right. How does that sound? Is that a yeah. good? Uh... Well, I think uh, we've got uh, a very ambitious list of questions. Uh, <laughs> so we will we'll try our best. All right. Now, your dad um, is going to be taking his place. How long does it take for him to put himself th- into a deep meditative trance? Um, between three to five minutes. Three to five. Okay, so maybe he should probably, you know, take his position now. We'll, we'll take a time out uh, here, Tim, in about a minute, I guess. Two minutes. We, oh, we've got about three minutes. So I would guess, you know, any time now, he should probably take his place in that, uh, that cozy, comfy leather chair. And um, when then, when we check back with you, I guess you'll just, we'll hear you asking the questions uh, to, your, to your father. And uh, I've, I mean, I've had your dad on a number of times uh, when he's, we've sort of played back recordings of these sessions, and it, it doesn't sound like your dad. That's the one thing that I've noticed. It's, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's similar, but it's not the same. And uh, people who are familiar with listening to him on your show will notice that uh, uh, the voice is a bit deeper, the uh, diction is a little different, it's, it's 
slightly old-fashioned. Um, the personality is slightly different. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to describe until you experience it. So who actually is speaking through your father? Um, we, uh, we've asked that question, of course, uh, being curious. We, uh, um, and when I say we, I mean myself and many, many people over the years who've asked, uh, you know, who am I talking to during this, this uh, consultation? And uh, just like with Edgar Casey, the answer has been that you are talking to the high mind of Douglas, which is in contact with the high mind of the conductor. And uh, during these sessions, Douglas needs a person who is there to to ground him, to guide him into the meditation, to bring him back. And that would be you. And that's me. Yep. And then, uh, uh, and also the high mind of the person asking the question. So typically. Um, any of the people who call today, if they were having a personal session here, uh, they would be the ones asking questions on their behalf. So it's, um, and then, the, and then the, the answer goes on to say, and any other interested mind who wants to participate in the communication. So I've often wondered, you know, how many? Is it two? Is it 10,000? You know, how, how, many, how many entities, how many beings, how many souls, how many minds? are comprising the, this answer when it says, we see this. Hmm. It's fascinating. It is indeed. All right, we'll uh, settle in here and uh, prepare for the arrival of the soul mind of Dr. Douglas Cottrell, who is uh, going to join us from his leather recliner at the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center in Hamilton Beach, Ontario. His son, Douglas Jr., will be the conductor Get on, get on board now, and uh, you're in for quite a ride. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Uh, welcome back. Uh, actually, the, uh, the, the phone lines will now be closed for the next half hour because we are now about to hear from the soul mind of Dr. Douglas James Cottrell from the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center in Hamilton and his son, Douglas Jr. Uh, thank you for your questions. And uh, they will now be uh, put to, uh, to Douglas uh, as he is in a deep meditative trance. Uh, Douglas Jr., are you there and ready to go? Yep, we're ready to go, Richard. Okay, your father is uh, relaxed and uh, in a uh, in a deep meditative trance. Yep. All right. So, um, how do you want to uh, proceed with this? I'll just hand it over to you, and you can start asking those questions. Or do you, is there any preliminary? Um... Um, nope, we're we're good to go. He's in the meditation, and I'll just start asking. Terrific. All right, Douglas Jr. and Douglas James Cottrell Sr. Thank you. They, there are people listening to you at this time on the radio, and they would like to know if you can foresee if there will be any natural disasters 
such as earthquakes, tsunami, uh, specifically addressing North America in the month of June of this year. One moment while we examine the area. As for the month of June itself, you would find that there would be some activities that appear to be more remnants of that that has happened previously, but to the East Coast, as to the Carolinas, and that that would be south, you would find some swelling of water and some inundations along the coast itself. There will be fears of water rising along all of the coasts as to North America, as well as other portions of the world itself. There will be more as to shark activities along the coast in the Carolinas, north and south, and along that of freshwater inlets that would be on the coast itself. The oceans will continue to heat up, as is already seen and has been given previously. You would find that this, again, will cause windstorms that will here traverse the coastal areas more to the Atlantic than the Pacific. But to the Pacific, there will be hotter temperatures, as is now seen. You would find these catastrophes will be affecting that of the agricultural activities of the land itself, speaking of that of the plains as to America or the states that are united. There will be massive crop failures because of the high temperatures and lower moisture due to the activities along the coastal areas east and west. The central areas will be affected more towards the latter portion of the year rather than to the beginning of the year. But expect activities, especially high winds and increased temperatures and increased activity or that of the rising of the ocean itself. It will be the continuation of melting forces in the Canadian north in which the islands now will seem to shrink. This is already beginning and in the time frame of this year you can expect more of the same. There will be concern that frozen parts of the north will not be frozen, that there will be seen not catastrophe, but rather agricultural or biological or here botany studies taken, and there will be found that the land itself is, as to the permafrost, thawing out, and this would be a catastrophe to some end Expect the polar bear population to also be drastically affected by these warmer temperatures. To the south, you would expect here not typhoons, but more as to the same cyclones coming up towards that of the Florida and Mexican or Caribbean area or regions. Expect, therefore, to have flooding along the flatter or here near sea level areas in the Florida coastlines. <clears throat> you will find there will be effect to water pollution or freshwater supplies also 
will be seen as a catastrophe, or there at least will be some concern that fresh water is depleting, and indeed there is some sewage seeping into freshwater supplies, and that salt itself will seem to affect freshwater supplies. We are looking here from New Jersey inward and southward. There will be the same in the Seattle and further north. There may be in the time of June shaking and quaking of that that would be the northwest coastline north of Vancouver Island towards that as to the jewel of the north as to Alaska itself. Certainly there will be increased activities. All right, listen, we're going to uh, step away here for a moment back uh, with more remote viewing from Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, who joins us from the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center in Hamilton in a deep meditative trance. His son, Douglas Jr., is the conductor, and uh, we're presenting to him the questions that you provided us here in The Conspiracy Show. Back with more as we look ahead to the year ahead, 2013. Stay with us. The truth will set you free, but first, it'll really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back. Well, we've heard from Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, uh, and it looks like uh, June of this year we will see... Um, I guess I guess it would be sort of typical uh, tornado activity in the American Southeast. Uh, now, tornado season usually begins around March. Um, however, they can run any; they can happen anytime. But March, right through until August, is typically uh, tornado season. So, in June, one could expect to see uh, some cyclone activity. Uh, interesting, though, he also said uh, increased. Uh, well, shark attacks, I guess, is what he was saying, along the, uh, the coast, uh, off of the, the Carolinas, and uh, even in, um, inland, uh, in some of the, uh, the, um, the waterways coming in off the, uh, the coast, the Atlantic coast. So, uh, keep that in mind. And we're looking probably at a, uh, uh, a dry, hot season. Uh, in, in the American Plains, we can expect some more crop failures, as we had uh, this, the previous year, particularly in corn. And we're, we've been warned we're going to see some escalating food prices as a result of that. They may not have hit the stores yet, but they're coming. Uh, and then, of course, we'll likely see some earthquake activity up uh, in um, the American Northwest and up into Alaska. All right, uh, Douglas Jr., do you want to pose the next question to the soul mind of your father? Yes, thank you. Uh, could you please examine the uh, uh, country of Iran and comment on whether you foresee uh, if there's a likelihood that uh, there will be war with Iran uh, within the next two years? One moment while we examine the place. Yes, we have the location. Also that as to Iraq. The two are acting like a heart, one side beating and then the other side beating. You can expect increased activities or pressures within the country itself. Look to Spain where you will find American bases are now prepared and are preparing for activities that would involve aircraft in this particular region. While there is continuation in that of the Syria and Turkey activities, 
which are leading here to the igniting of the tinderbox in the Middle East. You will find the activities in this particular country that indeed there is already and there is a very watchful eye of the Israeli to enter into this country itself. This particular threat, which is very real, as there would be consideration of invasion, is holding off any development of mass destructive weapons here or systems. But as such, expect that of the American new base in Spain to be active in, over, or around this country itself, keeping it at bay. But within the country itself, there will be continued struggles or power struggles for those fashions. factions are attempting to quell the otherwise extreme point of view. Expect, therefore, the possibility within the next six to eight months activities of civil war or some sort of civil combat. Possibility here is high, but not certain. However, the watchful eye of the American eagle, shall we call it, will suppress any embellishment of this. However, to the question, outright attack or warfare is possible within the time frame given. The probabilities are low at this point. But here there is preparation by both the American and the Israeli. And that of the factions within the country itself are now fearful and they are certain there will be invasion direction. Thank you. Could you now please locate the president of Syria named Bashir al-Assad in Syria? One moment. Yes, we have the entity. Thank you. Could you give us a general comment on what you foresee happening to uh, this entity during the uh, coming eight months. The possibility of his ex arrest and conviction and death is, while not certain, highly probable in this period of time that you have directed us to. And there are factions right at this point in, point in time that are considering the elimination of the end today. We have him hanging here direction. Thank you. As you see it, uh, will fluoride be removed from the municipal water supply in Toronto, Canada in the year 2013? Well, there will be a groundswell and seems to be for most of the Western world, this particular region itself, there does not seem to be any action taken, although there is debate and consideration of the same. The actual removal of the same from the water does not seem to be high priority of those who are in authority, unfortunately. Direction. Thank you. I'd like to switch topics a bit. Uh, this concerns a phenomenon known as chemtrail, uh, the spraying into the atmosphere. Uh, what would you suggest that the average person do to combat the negative effects of chemtrail spraying? We don't wish to be 
evasive, but the idea is to live in places in which there would be high wind activity or the air would move freely. Any area, call it a city or a congested region in which there is low activity of airflow, in which there is high activity of activity in the sky, jet airline activity, this would be, of course, the regions that would be most affected. Move from the regions would be the easiest solution for protection, as you have asked the question. However, in all likelihood, people will not do this. Instead, they may take upon themselves those cleansing activities, light, bright lights in times of darkness or overcast or winter seasons are very helpful. Taking the vitamin D, of course, is helpful, but not extensively so. The idea is to keep the flesh tanned or the flesh warm or the flesh cleansed, for here it is the absorption Firstly, through the surface area that is exposed. Second of all, it is to the inhalation, and as such, there can be ventilation improved within the residence or dwelling in which one would reside or work. More to the workplace would be more difficult to accomplish this. There can be the inhalation of ozone or oxygen, oxygen therapy, deep breathing exercises, anything to increase the oxygen in the blood. And then, of course, there would be improving the blood content by taking those herbal activities, teas, substances, that would help to cleanse the blood and therefore, in a secondary way, cleanse the liver. Liver flushes would be a good activity, as would also be activities to stimulate the kidney. The body is perfectly capable of removing any poisons, toxins, sediments, or difficulties from within. It is, after all, a creative and indeed highly sophisticated, call it here, machine, if you will, or as to the body, the mechanism, and the metabolism. Here, by cleansing the body and keeping the eliminations high, the body continues to ward off any invasion or activity of substances that would be derogatory. <clears throat> this can be done easily, of course, if one does not move from the vicinity in which there is high concentration of chemical. However, that it should be given, and we offer this as suggestive, the chemtrails or those substances that are put into the air are minute compared to the pollution in which the body receive from sound waves that penetrate the body constantly. Look to the nerve systems and to the organs in the thyroid and the pancreas being more readily affected, and also skin ailments as to the hands coming with rashes or irritations, infantago or here other difficulties of the skin. These come directly from the computer, phone, the cell phone, the towers, the waves going through the air that are mini or micro, and those activities in which the body absorb readily and daily. Attempt to protect the body from absorption of these, and it would be a much better activity, but this seems almost 
difficult or impossible with Wi-Fi, computer activity, hotspots, and the like, you'll say. This is more difficult to the body than that it would be in the atmosphere direction. Richard, how much time is there? We've got about three minutes, so I don't know if we, we can at least, uh, I guess, try the, uh, the UFO question. Okay. Uh, briefly, uh, will the American government be forthcoming with any recognition of extraterrestrials and UFOs in the year 2013? This would be indeed. You would find that, that it is already taking place where there have been at least two incidences that are now considered classic, in which there have been sightings over large cities. This will continue, and there will continue to be, let us call it, dissemination in the positive sense. There will be an acknowledgement that there is activity. You will see in the news and on the television at least one more large, unexplained, but perfectly visible sighting, if you will, of a rather large object. This would be to the south-southwest region of the country. The answer is affirmative, for here it does not make sense anymore that there would be a denial of that that has been in the past. You can expect also some revelations, for we see some archaeological discovery, or here at least the land is being dug up, and you will find some remnants of metal <clears throat> that is foreign to the planet. And as we have given previously, although there is metal that can be crumpled like foil, and it is now used in the fuselage of some aircraft in the Earth as you know it, there will be further discoveries of this type of folding, flexible metal that has been in existence for a long period of time. This would be found or discovered, appear to be by children, or at least by accident. However, to the question, yes, there will be a furthering acknowledgement, perhaps seemingly reluctant or perhaps seemingly by leakage of information, but here there is a definite acknowledgement where there is more activity, as has been given around military bases and in populated areas where there are, let us say it, sightings of orange lights. These will not be denied, nor will they be explained away. They will be, in the beginning, through this year and the next five years, acknowledged as possible, probable, and then certainty. Direction. Well, I guess that's all the time we have. Uh, Douglas Jr., listen, thank you so much for, uh, for conducting this remarkable session. Thank you to your father. And um, um, what I'll do is I'll publish a summary online of, uh, of, of what your dad just said. And um, in the meantime, uh, be well and thank you. Thank you. Have a good night, Richard. Douglas Cottrell Jr. and his father, Canada Sleeping Prophet Douglas Cottrell Sr., from the Many Mansions Spiritual Center in Hamilton. Thank you all for calling in and participating. My name is Richard Serrett.
From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And I continue to get a deluge of email uh, regarding the last uh, couple of weeks' programs. Uh, first, with Joel Skousen, the editor publisher of World Affairs Brief, uh, discussing. Uh, the conflicting, initial conflicting reports regarding Sandy Hook Elementary School. Of course, that tragedy still looms large, and we still feel that, um, that pain in, in our hearts. Um, but also of great concern is, is the lack of any meaningful follow-up and investigation by the mainstream media. We still haven't received a ballistics report. Uh, these, these conflicting reports of multiple shooters uh, still out there not being answered, not even being pursued by the mainstream uh, press. However, uh, Joel Skousen laid out a pretty interesting, shall we say, argument that there were more than, there was more than one shooter and uh, that this how somehow is being exploited uh, by darker forces within the United States government uh, to usher in some sort of draconian um, gun control measure. There's even some speculation that the president would use executive orders. However, my understanding is, uh, I mean, we've seen a number of executive orders issued over the years. I mean, Thanksgiving, the U.S. Thanksgiving was uh, created by George Washington through executive order. Um, uh, Lincoln freed the slaves through executive order. Uh, Ronald Reagan issued a number of executive orders. But you cannot override the Constitution. The Second Amendment, I believe, is sacrosanct. And and, uh, I think that would be very difficult uh, for them to do that. However... Thank you for those emails. Some of you are not so happy with that show, um, thinking, I guess, that it was a little insensitive, but that's why I, I waited so long before we talked about it. Uh, and then subsequently, we had uh, John Rappaport on the program uh, talking about television news anchors as a, a method of brainwashing. Uh, in particular, uh, we, he focused on the Sandy Hook, the coverage of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. And um, again, a lot of... Uh, a lot of positive uh, emails and a lot of negative emails. In fact, some people were quite uh, irritated that I would that I would talk about that on the radio. And uh, some of you said that you wouldn't listen anymore. And all I can say is, that's the great thing about living in a democracy. <laughs> uh, I guess so you have that opportunity to uh, to disagree and tune out, if you will. But even though I'm up here in in uh, in Canada. Uh, I am a firm believer in the Second Amendment, and I stand by that, and um, I don't apologize for that. And that includes, uh, dare I say, um, this may not sit well with some of you, military-style weapons. They were intended to be in the hands of civilians to protect against tyranny, government tyranny, not just for personal protection against crime, uh, but what the Founding Fathers really had in mind. And if you read the Federalist Papers, it's abundantly clear by people like uh, Alexander Hamilton and others, military-grade weapons must be in the hands of civilians to protect against tyranny. And Lord knows we're seeing tyranny, the, the, the creep of tyranny, uh, all over the world right now. So, uh, again, thank you for those emails. All right, we're going to switch gears. And, um, you know, I've told this story a number of times over the years, and we're going to get into it here in a little bit, but my one and only encounter with the paranormal occurred uh, just over 26 years ago, a couple of days after my father was laid to rest, 
who died on New Year's Eve Day, 1986, so we're talking very early in, uh, in 1987, I had a paranormal encounter. Woke up one night very briefly. I'll, I'll get into more details later, but I, uh, I opened my eyes and hovering directly above me, above me and parallel, so that its head was aligned with my head and its feet aligned with my feet, I woke up, opened my eyes, and I'm staring right in the face of, well, me, peering into the eyes of my doppelganger. And I've never been able to understand it, never been, never received the satisfactory answers to what that was all about, but I think tonight's the night we're going to get into that and uh, hopefully get some answers, and maybe some of you have had encounters with doppelgangers. German word meaning double goers. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, they say everyone has a twin, right? The mighty Aphrodite says that my doppelganger, I don't know that if I agree with her, but she says my doppelganger is Kevin uh, Kenneth Branagh, the, uh, the British actor. I, I think he's much better looking than I am. However, uh, I guess that's my doppelganger. But we're talking about a paranormal doppelganger here. And here to explain more is one of the leading experts on the paranormal with more than 50 books published by major houses on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, and mystical topics, the one and only Rosemary Ellen Guiley. How are you, Rosemary? Very busy these days, Richard. We've just bought a house, and so we're in the midst of packing and moving. Oh, my. And are you staying put in uh, Connecticut? Yes. In fact, the house is just a couple miles from where we're living now, so it makes the move much easier. Ah, well, congratulations. Now, do you look for a haunted locale, or do you just you, you don't want to bring your work home with you? That's right. I look for peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but do you like spooky old houses? Uh, well, for investigation purposes and research purposes, but when I'm working and where I want to live, because I'm immersed in the paranormal 24-7 sometimes uh, in a lot of my casework, uh, when I go home, I just want peace and quiet. I don't blame you. Well, again, congratulations. It's always exciting um, making a move into a new place. So I wish you the best. So you've been receiving a lot of reports uh, about doppelgangers. What, how are people getting in touch with you regarding these, and what are they saying? I receive a lot of reports by email, and also uh, when I travel and I give talks, I get uh, a lot of comments from people at conventions and conferences when I do radio shows with call-ins. Uh, I get uh, more material. And some things seem to go in waves and, and trends. And lately I've been getting a lot of inquiries about doppelgangers and also people reporting doppelganger experiences, and they want to know what's going on. So either these experiences are on the rise or it's a type of experience that has is just catching people's awareness, maybe because of shifts in consciousness, or a little bit of both. There are different types of doubles, and uh, these have been documented since ancient times. Some of them are related to death omens, some of them are spontaneous uh, projections, and some of them are projections at will. And they all seem to have different reasons, um, and uh, varying degrees of... Um, I guess what you say, tangible uh, mass, uh, where doubles seem to be like real people, and, and they'll carry on short conversations and interact with uh, individuals, and others seem to be more vaporous and mysterious. Uh, you know, they're seen uh, briefly, and then suddenly they're gone. Now, how, how, how common is it 
for someone to see their own doppelganger as I experienced? Not very common. Uh, and in fact, it's usually a shock to a lot of people. I'll I say. <laughs> imagine it was to you to see your own double. It was, you know what? I, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't shocked. I was just really confused. Really confused. Well, I, uh, I had an experience uh, once where I saw myself, and um, I, it, it was uh, while I was asleep, and I think that um, I projected out of body while I was asleep, and then when I woke up, I was in two places at once. And some of these double experiences might even be displacements of time and space. Ah, so it's not a true doppelganger. You're simply seeing your spirit body and as it's as it's exiting your physical body. That is one form of double. Uh, and uh, what happened to me was uh, I, I was taking a nap on, on the sofa, and uh, I got up and uh, went into the kitchen, and I felt kind of groggy. Uh, and when I came back out into the living room, I saw myself sleeping on the couch. And uh, I was very alarmed. <laughs> because I didn't know why this had happened. And I tried to get back in my body, and I couldn't get back in. Uh, and uh, I was able to, to finally get back in, but it, it was alarming to see myself and not be able to merge myself. And I didn't know which self was real. Exactly, yeah. Um, now, with my experience, this happened, as I say, just after my father's passing. So is there, what's the, is there any connection there, or was it just in a moment of you know, great stress, my astral body left my physical body, or is it possible that my father's spirit assumed my form so as not to frighten me? Uh, my own interpretation would be it was stress-related, and sometimes these experiences happen in heightened states of emotion. And uh, this was documented in the late 19th century by the researchers, the founding researchers of the Society for Psychical Research in London. Uh, they studied cases of survival, and uh, they also investigated hauntings, poltergeists. And one of the things that they uh, examined were doubles, because uh, uh, they were one of the more unexplained phenomena. Well, they came up with a term called arrival cases. And that's where a person arrives at a location before they actually get there. It's like their double gets there first. And they found in interviewing people that uh, heightened states of emotion were related to many cases. So it could be that there are certain psychic conditions um, involving emotion and uh, energy, uh, and we, we unwittingly project a double that... Um, uh, we, we might see. Uh, we might see ourselves, we, or other people might see us. That's really more likely that other people see you in your double form. And uh, the research showed that uh, some of these cases don't seem to have an apparent reason. Now, in folklore, to see a double, to see somebody's double, is widely believed to be a harbinger of impending death. And uh, that uh, before death, I, maybe as a way of preparing for death, your double starts disconnecting from, from the body. But um, the researchers found that there were many cases where 
people were out walking around in their doubles, and nothing bad happened to them. Now, Percy Bysshe Shelley saw his double before he drowned. That's a very famous case. Right, right. I'm familiar with that, yes. Now, and others uh, were left to wonder why, and these are the kinds of cases that I'm hearing about now, where people say, what happened? Why did that happen? I saw so-and-so, a family member or a friend, and then I found out that they weren't even physically present. They were somewhere else in a distant location. By location. And why did this happen? Mm. Interesting. You know, we, throughout history, there were reports of uh, uh, Buddhist monks uh, having this ability to bilocate and, and, and things. So perhaps that's related as well. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the website is visionaryliving.com, right here on The Conspiracy Show, as we discuss doppelgangers. Perhaps you've had an encounter with a doppelganger. Maybe you've looked at your own image staring back at you, or um, you've, you've um, had contact with somebody else's uh, doppelganger. We'd love to hear from you, and the phone lines will be made available to you as well. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show... My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. personal identification numbers, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. And we'd love to hear from you if you've had an experience uh, with a doppelganger, maybe your own or someone else's. Uh, and, and part of the doppelganger phenomena may be uh, by location. And, and Rosemary, before the break, uh, was talking about, you know, there have been a number of, of reported cases throughout history of, of Christian saints and monks um, having been said to exhibit by location. I was just reading about St. Alphonsus Liguri. He was an Italian uh, Catholic bishop and was said to have gone into a trance while preparing for his, his weekly mass or his daily mass, rather. And when he came out of the trance, he reported he had visited the, the bedside of the dying Pope Clement XIV, but his, but his, you could say, well, I'm okay, so he had a dream. But his presence um, at the, uh, the deathbed of the Pope was confirmed by those in attendance, even though he was about four travel days away. So, um, I mean, is, is, that's a perfect example of bilocation, I mean, and that's a, that's a doppelganger, right? That would be considered a doppelganger. Padre Pio was another saint who was famous for that, and he said he would get called out by prayer, uh, and that uh, the Virgin Mary would direct him to go and minister to people in need. And uh, some of these experiences happened while he was in states of intense prayer. So it seems that a condition of some of these bilocations of a double, um, the 
uh, it requires being inactive in one one state so that the double can become more active. Uh, that is, the the person is in uh, like a sleep state or intense altered state of consciousness, like uh, Alphonse Liguori, and uh, then the double has the energy to go and converse and do and and interact. Uh, there was a, a woman saint, uh, venerable uh, Mary of Agrida, who uh, bilocated to the New World and uh, preached to the Native Americans in the Southwest about Christianity. She was known as the Blue Lady. So her her double had, they, they said she had kind of a blue glow around her, and, and uh, she made many, many trips from... Uh, from Europe over to the New World, and it was all by bilocation. Uh, now, saints, uh, you know, people say, well, saints, uh, we sort of expect that of holy people. They're, they're, they're trained or, um, you know, anointed by their, uh, their holiness to do these sorts of things. But the, but the average person is likely to have at least one or two experiences with a double, and uh, they take place in ordinary life, in, uh, involving ordinary things. In fact, we might even be interacting with doubles and not even know it unless we come into information that uh, the person we saw was not physically present. And so in order for that to be happening, in, 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 for that to happen, you, in order not to be, you know, to be able to, to differentiate, then the, the doppelganger must be, I mean, we're not talking about some diaphanous, uh, you know, uh, ghostly image. We're talking about a, a, you know, a solid figure. Solid with exact details, right down to clothing. Now, a friend of mine had uh, an, an interesting uh, experience. In fact, his double seems to go walking around um, more than once. Uh, I had an experience with his name is John Frick, and uh, he's uh, a regular at the Mothman conference in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I go every year. And uh, one year at the conference, I saw him uh, out on the street during the festival and spoke briefly to him. And uh, he's, I thought I was talking to John. It was just a brief encounter. And then I learned later that he was not there. He was at a distant location uh, getting uh, some of the festival activities uh, ready for the evening. So his double was out walking around on the street. Now, he told me that he had a recent report uh, just within the last month or so uh, from a friend in Michigan who saw his double in Michigan. And he, uh, he had not traveled there at all. And the weird thing about it was the double was wearing clothes, that new clothes that he had bought, but he hadn't worn himself yet. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Uh, now, when... When um, we were talking about saints, you know that that uh, that have that have had the ability to bilocate, and and uh, you know there have been some rather unsaintly individuals as well. I understand Aleister Crowley was reported to have the ability to bilocate, although he wasn't conscious of it. If he would have, he would have friends that would tell him that he could bilocate. Um, and then there's Vladimir Len- Lenin. Now, now, what's the story I've heard about him? He was dying at his apartment in Gorky um, back in. 1923, and meanwhile, widely reported, people saw him uh, in his office at the Kremlin digging through papers. It seems that when uh, people are close to death, uh, there is some sort of separation of consciousness from the body that 
that happens periodically or on an increasing basis. And this could be seen by others as a double. Um, why we have uh, experiences that happen as, as part of ordinary life, that's more puzzling. And uh, are we tuning into ourselves in parallel dimensions? That's a possibility. Uh, if we have parallel dimensions around the Earth, we have duplicates of ourselves in those, in those uh, dimensions. And some of them might be nearly exact to the ones that, you know, ourselves in this dimension. Uh, one of the reports that I got uh, recently uh, concerned a woman who was at home, and she looked out the window and saw her husband drive up uh, in the car. And she thought, oh, he's home early from work. Um, but he never came in the house. And she wondered what happened to him. He wasn't even there. Uh, he was on the road driving uh, toward home when she saw him, but he, he hadn't arrived. So this is, this is like another arrival case where the double gets there first. And um, these are very puzzling experiences. My feeling is that as we become more aware of the paranormal, and there's an intense interest in the paranormal, we've been experiencing that for the last decade or so, um, people are tuning in either consciously or unconsciously more to um, otherworldly things. And we're all being affected by this. And this, in turn, I think, makes us more open to these experiences, more aware of them. So our awareness is definitely heightened. And that, in turn, opens the door to more experiences. When I confronted my doppelganger, uh, what I did maybe isn't recommended. I don't know. You'll tell me. But uh, be, the first thing I wanted to figure out was, is this real? Am I actually staring at myself? And so I reached up and I started moving my hands through this figure, and it just dissipated, and then... It got sucked into the corner of a room. It just like shrank and then like the, into a singularity and went boom right into the corner of a room. Uh, it, I mean, is that potentially dangerous? If that's my astral body that I'm looking at and I sort of move my hands through it and then it just disappears, is, is, is there any harm that can come to me? That's a, a big unknown. And um, uh, it sounds like you you saw a double of yourself perhaps in an alternate reality, which is where it is all the time. And there was a doorway open between this reality and that reality. Um, where people have reported problems, uh, and this exists in the literature as well about out-of-body projections, it's when you are out traveling in your double and something happens to the body, uh, then you might have difficulty getting, uh, getting back in or suffering some sort of consequence. But in your experience, your, the seat of your consciousness seemed to be in your physical body, and uh, you were looking at uh, a double that um, wasn't fully in this reality. Although some have said the same for me. <laughs> uh, Larry is in Bowmanville. Larry, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Bowmanville, Ontario, I, I, I take it. That's correct. Welcome, Larry. Your yes, question, comment. Have you, have you had an experience with a doppelganger? Yes, I have. And it's very, very interesting that uh, my experience way back in 1976 in London, England, was so similar to yours. Basically, what happened was, first of all, I was in dorm and I was asleep. Then, during my sleep, I suddenly felt part of me separating from the part of me that was actually asleep in bed. 
So it started hovering above and above and above me, and it was facing the ceiling area. So then I said to myself, whatever this is, let me try turning to the left and see if my new body would shift leftwards. It started shifting leftwards. Then I tried shifting in the opposite direction, rightward, and it started shifting rightward. Then I said to myself, let me make a full 180-degree turn to see if I would see myself on the bed. This is viewing from just beneath the ceiling at the time. I started rotating to make this 180-degree turn, and then I said to myself, whoa, hold on, Larry. If you see yourself lying on the bed looking at yourself, you're going to be kind of scared. So rotate back to your original position and sink yourself back into your body. This I did. I went back into my body, and that was sort of the culmination of the experience. That's a great, uh, a great experience, Larry. I mean, that sounds like a, the classic out-of-body experience, Rosemary, that one usually associates with a near-death experience. Correct. And the thing about it is, what it did teach me was, don't push it. It exists. Even if you become scared, retreat and go back into yourself and let it be. Good advice, Larry. I think that was wise not to, uh, you know, not to, to turn around to catch a glimpse of yourself lying in the bed. Rosemary, what do you think? Well, it's a, he had an amazing amount of lucidity in that experience uh, and presence of mind. Um, many people, when they have spontaneous experiences like that, uh, they, they get a shock, and it's disorienting. Uh, and that can be very, very upsetting. Uh, sometimes the experience is over with from the shock. Uh, you see yourself, and then the shock uh, zips you back in the body. Um, but, um, yes, these experiences do happen, and uh, we're probably not meant to be aware of them as often as they do happen. All right, Larry and Bowmanville, thank you for that. Uh, now, most often, I'm guessing, people don't, aren't able to communicate with a doppelganger, or is that, or is that true? I mean, you, you, you communicated with this a doppelganger of your friend, but um, is it more likely that you can't communicate with a doppelganger? A lot of times doppelgangers are seen at a distance, so people don't have the opportunity to, uh, to communicate. But there are, are many cases on record where um, conversations have been carried on with doppelgangers, and uh, that's doubly shocking to the, the witnesses when they find out that they weren't talking to the physical person. Uh, so it seems to vary. And uh, there seem to be different degrees of uh, projections or, um, you know, whatever it is that, that uh, goes out in, in our exact form. And um, differing abilities of uh, these forms, different energy levels to interact. In uh, arrival cases, uh, people are usually just seen and um, there's, often not a whole lot of conversation. But um, there are other cases where uh, complete conversations take place. Now, uh, there's another explanation for doubles, too, and I think that this does occur. I'm not sure what the, the frequency of them uh, are, but um, it's spirits masquerading as people. And uh, the foundation for this does exist in, in the magical traditions, 
where spirits are said to have the ability to slip on a personality like a glove, and that uh, this is one thing they do in haunted locations. Uh, they can mimic uh, the ghosts of the dead by acquiring their personality and, and appearing, if they appear as an apparition, to appear as that person. Are you talking about a demon, yeah. Rosemary? A demon would do this? The a trickster? Demons, um, trickster entities. It's said that the jinn can do this sort of thing. But in magical lore, yes, it would be a demonic kind of entity. And by demonic, I'm not necessarily meaning evil entity, just kind of an interfering entity. And uh, that uh, if an entity wants to have an experience uh, as, as a person or play tricks or something, they can uh, walk around as that person's double. I think that accounts for a very small number of double cases. All right, Rosemary, listen, I appreciate you dropping by and explaining doppelgangers. And uh, I think I, I know what happened to me now. I think just in a moment of, of extreme stress after my father's death, uh, my spirit body left my physical body and I caught a glimpse of it. Uh, very rare indeed, very confusing, but uh, I feel much better about it now. Thank you for that. And um, we'll talk to you next month. Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Thank you, Richard. Good night. Good night. VisionaryLiving.com is the website. When we come back, bioacoustics, medicine of the future, or an ancient mystery revealed. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Had an interesting conversation with Sean David Morton over the weekend uh, by phone. Um, he's going to be featured in, in a, an episode of the the TV show in season three. Uh, several episodes, actually. Interviewed him in Los Angeles. And he's coming on the radio program in a couple of weeks. Um, he has a, a book uh, out. wasn't picked up by a major publisher, but it sold over 10,000 uh, copies of the hardcover. Um, so it's sort of an underground bestseller, if you will. It's called The Sands of Time, and he's going to join us here on the program, as I say, in a couple of weeks to talk about the secret space program. Now, this is a guy uh, whose father uh, worked for uh, Northrop, I guess, and knew people like Ben Rich, who was working uh, at, uh, or was running Skunk Works, which was, uh, um, I believe, uh, Lear's experimental wing, Lear, Lear uh, of Learjet fame. And uh, so Northrop was sort of the competitor, but he, uh, his father knew Ben Rich, and, and so Sean grew up knowing all of these, the old astronauts as well. And uh, the stuff that uh, they told him would just curl your toes, and he's going to share some of that uh, on this very program. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about, we were, you know, we've been talking about um, uh, what ails us these days. Several weeks ago, we had Dr. Cass Ingram on talking about how the cure is to be found in the forest. And, and um, you know, health care dollars are at a premium these days. And, uh, you know, the, the stresses and strains on the health care system, both here and in uh, the United States, it's, it's at the breaking point, really. And, uh, and so we're beginning to see, you know, rationing of health care. We're seeing that here in Canada. Uh, we're... Um, we're also seeing a growing mistrust of mainstream medicine. You know, we've talked about fluoride. We've talked about vaccines. We've talked about uh, um, uh, chemtrails and so forth and, and um, uh, EMF. 
Well, there's something on the horizon. It's here now, actually. In fact, AT&T called bioacoustics the new medicine. And we're going to delve into human bioacoustic biology right now with a pioneer in the study of same. And she's going to explain how the human voice and other associated frequencies can help resolve health issues such as macular degeneration, multiple sclerosis, headaches, muscle stress, brain trauma, weight issues, nutritional concerns. Again, it's being hailed as the medicine of the future, although some are saying it's really an ancient mystery that's been rediscovered. Sherry Edwards is the director of the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology in Albany, Ohio. The technology she brings to the stage is cutting edge, This technology can identify health and well-being possibilities that you've never encountered. Her work is now included in the Duke University Encyclopedia of New Medicine by Leonard A. Wisnecki and the Scientific Basis of Integrative Medicine by Lucy Anderson. The effects of bioacoustic biology now accepted by these prestigious medical encyclopedias have unlimited health and wellness potential. Sherry Edwards, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Uh, great, great to be back. Yes, it's been a while. Bioacoustics, bioacoustic biology, what does that mean exactly? Life, sound. <laughs> oh, is that all? Life and everything? Huh? Yeah, well, the sounds of life. Um, we've proven that every cell has a sound, gives off a sound, sends signals, calls other frequencies and sounds to it, and that's the way the body heals itself. And we study that system through vocal profiling. So the sound of our, our voice, our vocal print, if you will, yes. uh, can tell us a great deal about our physical state of being. Incredibly, it can, because all of those frequencies are math-based from the central processing unit, the brain, and all of these frequencies run on your neural network. We are far beyond conventional medicine in looking at people holistically. We had a lady in uh, a couple weeks ago. Her feet were hurting really bad. She had had several operations. They'd taken out some bones, and they just kept giving her pain pills, Vicodin, Vicodin. And she was just woozy and, and couldn't walk around because of these pain pills. So we took her print, took about 30 seconds, and the computer said that she had gout. And we gave her the anti-frequencies for gout, and her pain went away. The body knows. What are some of the markers in the human voice uh, that are f- sort of red flags for, uh, for illness or ailments? Well, one is calcitonin, which is the note of C when it goes into stress. And calcitonin monitors serum calcium, and it's a precursor to cancer. So we have looked at a lot of these in looking at um, people. We just did a big project on Parkinson's in the clinic, and found out that a lot of these new things that they're calling Parkinson's really aren't. It's radiation poisoning. Oh, my. And again, I think people are being lied to. I think the government has just decided it doesn't want to take any responsibility or do anything about this. There are people talking about it. There's a nice article by James Apsley on his site, Dr. Apsley, A-P-S-L-E-Y dot com. Yes, we've had Jim on the show a number of times. Listen, uh, let me just cut in here, Sherry. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll pick up on that point. Parkinson's, 
being uh, misdiagnosed. It's radiation poison. Back with more of my conversation with Sherry Edwards on bioacoustics, the new medicine or ancient mystery revealed. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Sherry Edwards is with us. She's the director of the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology in Albany, Ohio. And her research, 30 years worth, um, she says, proves beyond a doubt the vocal print, your vocal print, can identify toxins, pathogens, and nutritional supplements or deficiencies uh, that are too low or too high. Uh, in addition, the vocal print can be used to match the most compatible treatment remedy to each client. The introduction of the proper low-frequency sound of the body indicated through voice analysis has been shown to control pain, body temperature, heat rhythm, and blood or heart rhythm, and blood pressure. So, uh, Sherry, uh, so the vocal print can be used to diagnose but also to heal? Well, we're not allowed to say that. We use every uh, client that we get as uh, adding to our database, and we use it as education. But the outcome is that we're supporting optimal form and function. And if people get well, that's their problem. <laughs> that's quite a problem to have. So how, but how would, how would uh, the, the frequency be utilized in order to promote good health, let's say? Just like in the air, like you're, you would hear it. But one of the things that we're, we're ta- doing, Sorry, are we talking about musical notes or the human voice? What are we talking about? Well, it sort of sounds like... Kind of in the background, like a motor. Interesting. Okay. But we're we're providing people information. I am so upset about the government lying to us and trying to treat us like stupid dogs and saying there's nothing going on with this radiation that I have created a computer program that we are giving away to people along with a class and along with a textbook. No questions asked. It just needs to be done because we're being lied to. Now, you're talking about the Fukushima disaster, and uh, you pointed out in an article uh, that in the December 2011 issue of Internal Journal of Health, uh, uh, Journal of Health Services, they estimated more than 14,000 people in the United States are linked to the radioactive fallout associated with the nuclear disaster in Japan. So 14,000 Americans have some sort of radiation poisoning? It looks like it, and... We have created charts that people can use to back this off nutritionally, and if they've really gotten a big dose, we'd send them to a bioacoustic practitioner, but we would lots rather just give them the software. We couldn't serve 14,000 people if we wanted to. Uh, we're just not big enough. But if we could teach people to do it for themselves, I think we're going to see a lot less disease down the road, like Dr. Apsley is saying when he's on your show, um, in Chernobyl, for instance, one of his statistics is um, 
that infant deaths went up like 900% after Chernobyl. And I think we're going to see the same thing here, but I think they're going to try to hide the statistics. So everybody's complaining and talking about it. We're providing solutions and options to people, and we'd like them to download this uh, software and use it and then tell us how they're doing, particularly the people on the Pacific Coast where they seem to be getting hit a lot. So they can go to our site, soundhealthoptions.com, and download this, and we can give you uh, the links if you want. We can give you the charts, and you can get it to all of your people if you want. Uh, this is our gift to the world. So you, you go to this website, and you download the software for free, and yes. then you'll need some sort of a microphone, I guess. This is an audio recording platform that they're downloading, right? right? And so you're going you're gonna to capture your own voice print by speaking into a microphone on your computer, or I, I guess even an external mic would do, but the better the mic, the better, I'm, I'm guessing? The better quality the mic, the better? Three different mics. We don't want a vocal mic because they're filtered. Ah, okay. We, we want a microphone, something like a, a Dynex USB, which is about $20, or a, a Logitech. Those are on the textbook. It shows you right in the little textbook that you can download. It tells you which microphones to get. Um, and then away you go, and you can do it for you and your neighbors and your family and because there's so much self-signaling disease ending up on our door, uh, doctors send us a lot of uh, patients that they don't know what to do with because they don't know what's going on. So we, the computer will tell you underneath what's going on, and it's self-signaling, and people are radiation poisoned, and they've called it um, Lou Gehrig's disease and MS and Parkinson's and immune deficiency, and it's not really... People are poisoned. Now, this uh, vocal print that you capture with this, this, and this is free software you're offering. Yes. Um, Once you capture your own vocal print, I mean, how do you interpret the data? Because, you know, you've spent 30 years doing this. We're we're novices. We don't know. The uh, the computer pops out the reports. Says you're poisoned with this. Here's a chart that will tell you um, a nutritional antidote and how it got in your body and what it's competing with. That's pretty sophisticated software. Who developed that? I did. Wow. That, and that's 30 years in the making, I'm guessing. It is, but it comes from a very esoteric talent that I'm able to hear sounds from people, like their signature sound, which they now know is an odoacoustic emission. So this comes from Templar um, literature, of where the Templars and, and Pythagoras and other kinds of ancient people could listen to people's sounds and tell what was going on with them. I've just computerized it, so seven little clicks of a button, and you got a report. And this free software, though, uh, although you're talking about radiation poisoning, it's not limited to that, to that type of ailment, correct, or is it? No, we have 71 different softwares. We just did a show tonight on cholesterol. We're doing one on Tuesday night of this week on flu and to see if people have been exposed uh, to flu. Gardasil is another one. I am so outraged about what the government is doing with Gardasil and poisoning our children. You know, you look at this and you can see by the mass of it that it really is an infertility drug. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I think that's interesting. That interesting. Look so, at 
what the ancients knew, but we got computers to do it because we're kind of lazy and not really patient. We're sitting there trying to figure things out by hand. Sherry Edwards is uh, with us, and again, she is a pioneer in the study of human bioacoustic biology. Uh, now, tell me about this this quote from AT and T. Now, why AT and T? Why did they weigh in on this? They're the ones calling this the new medicine. Well, they're actually looking at it as bioacoustic life sounds, and they say the body makes sounds that can be interpreted for security reasons. They have not figured out how to do it uh, with medicine yet. There, there's some things, slight things that they know that if the sounds of the liver are this. Uh, then that the liver needs is stressed, but they really haven't figured out all of it. Um, we just been sitting here because, well, honestly, I'm just af- I'm afraid of the government. I think a lot of people in the United States are afraid of the government. I'm afraid to say that we have a computer program that can tell what damage uh, did to your kids from vaccinations. They could name me as a domestic uh, terrorist, and I could be sitting in jail someplace. So there's two types of getting the information to the public. Top down, which is go out there whole hog and go on USA Today and whatever. And then there's bottom up. Take it to the people. And so that's what I did. We have a lot of free programs and free software. We just did a two-day course of free software for muscles and nutrition and radiation. Uh, we need to get a community, a bioacoustic community, in every center, you were talking about uh, biohazards before. There was a question about what do we do about this. Well, we have a program, biohazards. What are you poisoned with? So there each was, each software program is sort of grooved to a particular ailment. Is that correct? It is, and then we have overview um, software for the professional if they want to do it that way. But the computer will tell you where you need to go and what you need to do. You can sing. You can have music. You can do it with color, you can do it with food, you can do it with nutrients, you can do it with sound. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, Sherry, but uh, listening to the sound of my voice, granted it's going through a filtered microphone and compression through AM radio, but is there anything, any red flags, anything that jumps out in terms of uh, my vocal architecture, if you will? Absolutely. I looked at your architecture when you were talking about the sleeping prophet, that was what was going on. Yes. Um, and there was a lot of, I, I want to participate in this, a lot of usefulness. Uh, but you are a multifaceted person. You tend to change your energy to the person in what's going on. It's, it's a, not a rare trait, but it, it's not very common. So I was looking at your voice and everybody else's voice as they were going through all of this. And by the way, I have done an evaluation of um, Hellier's voice, and he absolutely believes in the UFOs. But oh, Paul very, Paul Hellier, our former deputy prime minister, yeah, yes. He very much believes, but he very much knows that there's mismanagement, and he wants to be involved in the management of this first encounter. So I'll send you that report. That'd be fascinating. Now, so in other words, you can also tell um, from someone's vocal architecture. Well, we know, you know, from lie detector tests and so forth, that uh, that you can tell someone's truthfulness or sincerity based mm-hmm. on their. Okay, but in terms of health concerns, is there anything in my voice that that jumps out? Uh, A little bit of immune information that deals with uh, your sinuses, but the top of the sinuses. 
up toward the eyes. That's the, and there's a little bit of information missing about wet, moist tissues. So if anything's going to happen to you real soon, it's going to be something nasal or throat or bronchial. Uh, well, you nailed it. I mean, I'm, I, uh, that's my weakness is my chest. Uh, I'm very susceptible to uh, uh, sort of bronchitis and those sorts of things. So there you we go. We do this for people online all the time. We have them send us a print, and we can tell them why they have Parkinson's, why they have heart disease, why they have high blood pressure. But we'd rather, we'll do it for you, but we'd lots rather teach you to do it. And, and by the way, Rosemary was telling the truth. Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Oh, regarding doppelgangers. Okay, yeah. thank you. Now, uh, soundhealthoptions.com. That's the website, soundhealthoptions.com. I've linked up to that on my site at richardserrett.com. All people have to do is click on your name under tonight's show, Sherry Edwards, and that'll take them to the soundhealthoptions.com website. And then from there, how do they download the free software again? It's in the middle column, and that's the radiation one. There's also one there on 9-11, that's another software. We warned them years ago what was going to happen and how, what those toxins were doing. And we also looked at people's voices who were involved in 9-11, and we know who knew the most. All right, Sherry, listen, this is uh, a remarkable technology, and um, hope, I hope people will uh, download the, the, the software and get back to us and let us know uh, the outcome. Sherry Edwards... And again, the website is soundhealthoptions.com. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, been great. All right. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you okay. to uh, Tim Spreen, my technical producer. And I hope you'll be along uh, next week. Got a good show for you. Check the website, richardserrett.com, for upcoming show information. And say, uh, say hello. Send me a hello at uh, twitter.com slash richardserrett. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.